morning. It's good always to be back to preach the word, share God's word with God's people behind <clears throat> the pulpit. <clears throat> um, thank you for being polite, you church, for being generous to missionaries. You support you supported you used to support me a while back. And I until now I remember you in my prayers. I thank you for the palatable food. Uh, my my tummy is getting bigger and I had to adjust my belt. Thank you for the men, the camp director, um, the ladies who brought food, of course, and uh, Pastor uh, Jet, you made me fat. Uh, I stayed in, their parsonage, in your parsonage, and uh, uh, he would always cook food for, for me and my wife. And the raven who brings food is Pastor Abel Manalo. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Bata pa lang kami nun, first year sa Bible College in Marietta, Ohio, when I was studying uh, for ministry. Nakikita ko na po si Pastor Abel, si Ate Magda, and... Mrs. Manalo used to be my music teacher in the Bible College. You want sample? I'm just trying to wake you up because I know there's no quiz anymore. <clears throat> what a wonderful family. Um, I think... And I believe that the happiest person in the room today, of course, other than God, is the happiest person, I believe, is Mom Josie. She has been and continually takes the role for being a mother to this church. It's so hard to start a ministry. So hard to start a church. It's not so easy. It took a lot of sacrifice, tears, doing things with all humility. But I know she's happy. Seeing you around being faithful to the Lord, lifting her in your prayers. Well, I mean, hindi, hindi matatapos ang aking pasasalamat po sa inyo. Kaya magsimula na po tayo. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Thank you, Pastor Sam. Nung nag-aaral kami, first year ko sa Bible College, naka-shorts pa lang siya. 
nakakonsursilyo, you know? Uh, together with uh, Pastor Gideon. Oh, wow. Uh, napakalilit na bata. And now, they are serving the Lord. Uh, thank you, for Pastor Sam, for once again allowing me to uh, be part of your family camp. <clears throat> And uh, please support your pastor and hold such reputation. Honor him with double honor, not only his personality, but his calling. He gave up a lot just to follow God's call. And it's, that's not too easy. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. <clears throat> chapter 7, verse number 12. The Bible said, Therefore, all things, Jesus said, whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law, the commandments of the law. And the prophets, the messages of the prophets. Lord, thank you once again for allowing us to be here this morning. Thank you for the messages in songs. They have ministered wonderfully to our hearts. Thank you, dear God, for what you have done already. Thank you for this wonderful honor and privilege to share your holy word. Who am I in your presence? I'm nothing. We are nothing, Lord. But thank you for this opportunity. Opportunity because not all people do worship you. Privilege because we are unrighteous, we are not worthy, but thank God for your grace. Now, please allow us once again to divide rightly divide the word of truth and bless this our spiritual food for the nourishment of our spiritual body all these things i ask and pray in christ's name amen this morning i'd like to ask you again one question and i'd like you to answer just one word and here's the question. What is life all about? How would you answer that? What is life all about? Some of you might answer life is short. Some of you might say life is mystery. If you're like me, you would answer life is coffee. But what is life really all about? <clears throat> I believe all of you will agree with me that life is all about relationships. Relationship with your family, relationships with your friends, your co-workers, relationship with the strangers you meet, relationship with your in-laws, of course, relationship with God and others. 
I mean, life is all about relationships because if you take relationships out of your life, what will you have? What will you have? Are things that are only materials and secular. I mean, life is meaningless because without relationships, how can you enjoy anything in life? Relationships are very important because it affects every single area of your life. Of course, you know that relationships are eternal, are essential in your family. Of course, to your spouse, to your mate, to your children. Relationships are also essential in your business, in your studies, and in every as aspect of your life. Relationships are very, I mean, very important. Now, from scales 1 to 10, and 10 being the highest, how would you grade your relationship with your husband, ladies? How would you grade your relationship with your wives? Or with your children? Or with your parents? How would you grade your relationships with your friends and co-workers in business? How would you relate to people you meet for the first time? You may have a short momentary meeting, but what kind of relationship do you have at that moment? Oftentimes, you just take for granted these things, but first impression lasts because people will likely remember your first meeting. Now, our Lord Jesus gave us the basis of strong relationships in one single verse of the Bible in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. In this chapter, Jesus began to talk about prayer. He said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And Jesus talks about how the Heavenly Father desires, so desires, to answer our prayers. And when Jesus finishes that, he said in verse number 12, Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Jesus said, whatsoever. Which means... In everything. Take note, not some things, not most things, but in everything, whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. In other words, treat the people the same way you want them to treat you. That's in plain language. Jesus said, whatsoever or in everything, not when it's convenient or not convenient to treat people. What does Jesus mean when he said treat people? That means everyone. I cannot choose who to treat right because Jesus himself said in John chapter 6 verse 37, all that the Father hath given me shall come to me and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Why? Because God is not a respecter of persons. Yesterday, we talked about loving God is being obedient. And if you are obedient children of God, we cannot choose who to treat right or wrong for God so loved the world. God loves all people in the world. And He gave His life for all. He died for all, not for some, but for all. And His free gift of salvation is available for all. Why? Because God, He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
not some, but all. The Bible is very clear. Everyone who comes to him, he will in no wise cast out. Again, treat all people the same way you want them to treat you. Some people know that this is called the golden rule. The golden rule. Yes, people know this verse. Sad to say to most people, this is a popular principle but not a popular practice. Now be honest. Do you really treat people the way you want them to treat you? We must confess that sometimes we do not. Because sometimes we justify and rationalize and say, well, you just don't know how badly he or she treated me, pastor. She hurt me so much, you just don't know how bad they have treated me. And if you know how they have treated me, you might say, you would not expect me to treat them the way I want to be treated. But my friends, it's not a matter of what you and I expect. What matters is this is one of the Lord's commands. Treat others the way you want to be treated, as simple as that. Now let me give you lists, practical lists, practical suggestions. And these words are character traits. You may, you may list this, this down. Practical traits, character traits that we should take if you want to build strong relationships. These character traits are very important because they will affect your marriage, your relationship to your children, your friends, in-laws, co-workers, churchmates, especially God. I mean, this is a very important list. Number one, what is involved in a strong relationship? Number one, a strong relationship is enjoyable. Don't get into a relationship if you know you won't enjoy it. What is relationship without joy? Number two, a strong relationship involves be satisfying. It should be satisfying. Every relationship should be satisfying. Three, a strong relationship involves loyalty to one another. Betrayal is not the name of the game. It's loyalty. Four, a strong relationship is trusting each other. You, got, you have to trust each other. Number five, a strong relationship has mutual interest with one another. Learn to be inclined with his interest or her interest. Number six, genuine concern for others. Show your care, show your, that you are concerned. Number seven, desire, strong relationship desires to please others. This does not mean we are men pleasers. No, we just want to be kind to one another. So we look and discovers, discover ways to please others. Number eight, sense of truthfulness. You cannot build strong relationships without being truthful. Because lying and deception will destroy relationships. Number nine, prayer. If you want to build a strong relationship, you pray for one another. You cannot build a strong relationship with someone you do not even mention in your prayer. Number ten, you desire the best for one another. You desire the best for that other person. 
even if he is he or she or they are progressing succeeding than you rejoice with them that to rejoice number 11 strong relationships will protect each other protect them when people falsely accuse them you know you know marites and maricon and marichu and you know you know those uh, words mariposa you know them i don't know them also Protect them, for example, physically if you see harm coming their way. Number 12, that, uh, relationship involves forgiving. Sometimes we offend others and others offend us. We say things that we should not say. Sometimes we are so insensitive to, uh, for what happens. If you want to build a strong relationship, be quick to forgive and be quicker to forget. Yes, don't forget... You, 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 you forgive and forget, but don't forget the lessons that, has it, that it had brought you. Thirteen, strong relationship is encouraging others. I like this. You see a brother or a sister in the church who is down and going through hardship in life, that's an opportunity to encourage either by phone call or text or letter or by personally putting your arm, arm around them, saying, listen, I want you to know that I am with you in your difficult time today. One day, I traveled for three hours just to see a brother in the Philippines, a brother who fell into sin. The sin of immorality. But I went there not to blame him or accuse him or lecture him. I came there just to be around him. I didn't say anything about the issue. I didn't say anything about his problem. I just wanted him, him to let him know that I went there just to be around him in his difficult time. Without love, listen, without love, there is no true relationship. Supportive. When people feel your support, they will never forget you for the rest of their lives. A strong relationship also involves generosity, not stingy and tight. You look for ways to give other people something that you know will bring them some happiness and joy. In our devotions uh, this morning, we talk about love. So, ladies, you expect changes. But it's up to them. <laughs> well, I believe that uh, something will, will happen. Be generous. Because when you love, giving is automatic. 
16, honor and respect others. 1 Peter 2.17, honor all men. Understand that you are different from them, so respect their opinion. Accept them for who they are, just the way they are. You don't build a relationship to change someone to become like you. Because that is impossible. And lastly, last but not the least, lastly, above everything else, like Pastor Sam had said, the greatest is love. Love that person you are in a relationship with. 1 Corinthians 16, 14, let all your things be done with charity, with love. Maybe you say, well, I don't love anybody. I feel the way to others, that way to others. Well, maybe you start changing if you want a strong relationship. The Bible said that love thinketh no evil. Do not be a fault finder. Seek the good in others. Now, can you name of these items that I mentioned here, you would, you would not want someone to feel that way toward you? Don't you want to be loved and supported and loyal and truthful and all the rest? Do you not want relationships in life that are enjoyable, that are satisfying, exciting, that are encouraging? You want that? Yes, you do. But take note, those things don't come naturally because it doesn't just happen. For example, people get married and they say their vows before the pastor in the church or before someone else. Yes, those vows are beautiful, but they do not come naturally. I mean, you have to work at building strong relationships with others. Sometimes people have difficulty with their children because they don't know how to build relationships. You think just because you're the mother, you think just because you're the father and you have the final word and what you say is the law? I have no problem with that because, because that's what the Bible says. But what about building a relationship with your children that they enjoy so that they love being with you and they want to be supportive of you and they want to tell you the truth? When our first child was able to read, began to learn to read, I made a big signage in his bedroom and I wrote there a big sign, a big fat bold letters this, in this signage, these words. No Bible, no breakfast. And I thank the Lord since then, my five children, they religiously do that sometimes. Well, well, I already told you they are not perfect. But I see to it that my house rule is strictly observed. A week before our flight on August 8, I noticed that my youngest daughter woke up and immediately grabbed her iPad. 12-year-old. She's 12 years old. I scolded, her, I scolded her and said, Junia, I told you to read your Bible first and pray before doing anything else. And I said, blah, 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 blah. And my daughter said, Daddy, I'm reading, I'm reading my Bible. In this, it's in this iPad. And I looked. What's in the iPad? And it's Bible. 
with a story about a certain passage. And you know what I observed? She really enjoys what she was doing. Of course, she brings in the church her Bible in book form. And look what's in the iPad. And it's Bible. It's Bible. But I see to it that her time with her iPad and gadgets are limited. I mean, I monitor closely their time for it. Because if you don't monitor your, their time, maghapon. Ladies and gentlemen, I simply say that you, ca that you can look for ways and you can be flexible but not compromise. You can discover, discover ways so that you can build strong relationships with your children. Remember, we are digitalized, you know. When you don't have a good relationship with someone, selfish Self-centeredness, selfishness, and greed and pride can enter in very easily. Can you ask yourself the question tonight, that this morning, are you building a strong relationships with people? And think about this. What kind of church family do you have if you no longer know how to treat each other? And what kind of community of believers do you have if you have bitterness to one another? You heard the song this morning, if you have unforgiving spirit to one another, if you have secret envy and hidden snares for your brother or sister in Christ. The psalmist said this in Psalm chapter 31, verse 13, For I have heard, said the psalmist, the slander of many. Fear was on every side while they took counsel together against me. And they devised, and they even devised to take away my life. He said, many people slander him and they even meet together just to make plans against him. What plan? To take away his life. Sabi sa Ilocano, sasabihin nila, gungguna na. Imagine just because of anger, they can take away a life. They can kill. That's murder. Because they plan about it. Do you know what the Bible said about anger with your brother or sister? In Matthew chapter 5, verse 22. But I say unto you, said Jesus Christ, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, or worthless, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Your anger will push you to say bad words against the one you hate. Now tell me, what is the benefit of anger? Alta pression, diabetes, stress. Now this is the worst. First John 3.15 Whosoever hated his brother is what? Big word, a murderer. You plan to kill somebody, someone in the church because you are angry with her or with him. You plan his destruction because you are angry. 
the Bible said, you are a murderer. And you know that no murderer had eternal life abiding in him. No murderer is saved, in short. That's why the Bible said to examine yourself whether you be in the faith. What do you think of a brother or sister who does not willfully forgive instead of forgiving? They continue to hold grudges and hatred and anger. It seems like this character is indelible. They can't erase. What do you think? Are they real Christians? I don't know about you, but if you ask me, I doubt it. Why? Because the Bible is very clear. If you hate your brother, you are a murderer, and no murderer has eternal life, as simple as that. Can you build strong relationships out of anger? No. Now, do you want someone to hate you? No. Therefore, it is better to treat the people the same way you want them to treat you. If you, if you are angry with someone, it means that you also want to, them to be angry with you. Treat or mistreat. It's your choice, but you will have a happier life if you have peace with all men. But what in the world has happened? Jesus clearly said to treat, one, uh, to treat other people the same way you want them to treat you. You might say, well, I've heard that all my life, preacher. You may have heard about it, but how much of it have you practiced already? And do you even understand what it means? Do you understand what it means to treat someone else the way you want them to treat you? When we look around us, it's very evident that's not the way people are living. That's why most homes are dysfunctional and in trouble. Most people in their relationship to their kids have all kinds of difficulty. Why? Jesus only gave us one verse. But that, that's the problem. We do not understand it. We do not understand the verse. We must understand that it's a command and this command reveals the very heart of God. And it tells us how God wants you and I to treat one another. We all know that we live in a society that is wrapped up in the triad. And, that, and what is that triad? Me, myself, and I. That's the triad. And we, came, and we became selfish and very self-centered generation of people. Isn't it that we have so much but we act like we don't have enough? Do you, have, do you know the reason why we act like it is not enough? Because it just tells us that there's no substitute for one great, satisfying, enjoyable, and a strong relationship because life is all about relationships. You know, you can have all things life has to offer, but if you don't have a loving relationship, you miss it. We always hear and read the book of Mark chapter 8, verse 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What shall a man give from his possessions in exchange for his life? And the Bible said nothing. This lesson is very plain. Life is not about things. Life is all about relationships. Relationship to our God the Father. Relationship to our God the Son. Relationship to the Holy Spirit within us. A relationship to our friends, family, and others. What kind of relationship do you have with these people? I've heard somebody said, Well, I don't hurt people. I don't lie to people. I don't do this and I don't do that. But that's not the issue. The issue is not what you don't do. Because even the unchurched 
the unbelievers say they, they don't hurt people, they don't lie, they don't commit adultery, they don't kill, and they don't do a lot of things. But what Jesus said is, treat them the way you want them to, treat, to be treated. You see, the, to boast about what you don't do to people is not the issue. The real issue is, how do you treat one another? How do you want them to treat you? Jesus said, whatsoever, in everything, that means in every situation, how are we to respond to those around us? Jesus said, we must treat in the same way we want to be treated. Now, if you ask yourself, how do I want to treat people? And how do I want people to treat me on your job? How do you want your boss to treat you? How do you want your parents to treat you? Do you want them to say, because I said so? Young people, be honest. That's not what you want them to say. If you hurt people, how do you want them to, to respond? For example, there is a lady in your church who cooks delicious meal. He can, she can really cook. Good cook. But now this lady tries three things that she has never cooked before. And she gave her best and sits down at the table with a big smile and wondering how you are going to respond. But you said, what's that? Yuck. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's not the right way to respond. You know what? Oftentimes, we hurt each other. We have misunderstandings. But we create them because we don't stop to think, how do I want someone to treat me? Here's a piece of advice. Remember all these lists, positive values or positive traits, and commit yourself to obey the command of Christ in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Treat others the way you want them to treat you. Do you know why this world is so wicked and evil? Because they don't understand this principle. Because the world's idea is, I'll beat you first before you beat me. Selfishness. Self-centeredness, pride is everywhere in our society. So if you come along with the ideology of this world, you will live an entirely different lifestyle instead of living a Christ-like relationship. This world's idea is, I'll beat you before you beat me. This world doesn't know how to properly treat people. Why? Because that's not their naturaleza, the natural response of the flesh. Now, can you treat people nicely? No. You cannot because the natural tendency of the human flesh does not know how to really treat people. In the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 38, Jesus quoted an Old Testament law in the book of Leviticus about getting even or getting a revenge or exacting a revenge. But Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38, Ye have heard that it had been said in that book of Leviticus, An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I say unto you that ye resist not evil. Do not exact revenge. Do not fight back. Because the world today is more wicked than before. It's not an eye for an eye anymore. It is many eyes for an eye and many tooth for a tooth. 
gaganti ako, mas masakit pa. Now is that the way you want them to treat you? I don't think so. But what does it take to obey this command? Here's what it takes. It takes a personal relationship with God. Now is that the way you want it? Why? Because everything in us is the naturalness of human flesh. Our carnality and our inclination towards sin. We have to deal with that. And it's only when Christ comes into our life and we begin to honor Him as our Lord and we begin to follow Him as our Master. If you are not submitting to His Lordship, you cannot conquer this evil. That's the time that He can empower when you, when you recognize the, the Lordship of the Lord, that's only the time that He can empower us through the Holy Spirit that dwells in us to do what? To be forgiving, to be thoughtful, to be kind, and, uh, and not to be rude and prejudiced toward people, but to be what? To be willing to treat everybody the same way you want them to treat you. Not to pick and choose, but to treat Everybody, I mean everybody the same way. Can Jesus do that in my life? Yes, he can. If and only if you obey him as your Lord and master because apart from him, we can do nothing. Again, I repeat the words of, the, uh, the, the words of Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7, verse 18. For I know that in me, he said, that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good? How to perform that kind of treatment? I find that. Romans chapter 7, verses 24 to 25, O wretched man that I am, Paul said in verse 24, Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? But he said in verse 25, But I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. It simply says, we are able to leave this out. In plain Bible language, it means we can do all through Christ, which is strengthened us. My friend, you must understand the desires of your heart and ask yourself, how do I want people to treat me? And how do I want to treat them in return? And in order for us to do this, it takes personal relationship with Christ. Now, let's read Luke 6, 8, 34. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Jesus said, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Maybe you say, Pastor John, you mean to tell me that if I treat people the way I want to be treated, they also going to treat me right? Well, to be honest with you, I cannot guarantee you that. And here's the reason why. During our flight from Manila to New York last Wednesday, my wife met a lady from Indonesia. She said she's a Muslim. She was her seatmate in the plane. They talk and talk, and my wife was so kind to her. And the lady also seemed kind to her too. Every time the lady would go to the bathroom, she would ask permission from us to go to the bathroom because she was the nearest to the window. 
I mean everything. She would go, every time she would go to the bathroom, my wife and I would stand off our seats with this matching smile just to let her pass. Then my wife's phone was low back, and when she found out that the charger that the charger she took from home is not her charger. And the Muslim lady took notice of it and said to my wife these words, Hey, you can try my charger. It might work. And it worked. You see, the Bible is true. Give, and it shall be given you. If you give others the right treatment, it shall be given back to you. Pastor Jun, you mean to tell me that if I treat people the way I want to be treated, they also going to treat me right? Wait a minute, I'm not finished yet. When our plane landed in New York, thank God for your prayers, by the way, we got through the immigration officer very easily. The officer just asked us three questions and we just passed. Then we looked for Uber to get us to Lodi, New Jersey. This Muslim lady helped us to call Uber through her mobile phone. We, we, she approached us and helped us. Unfortunately, nobody was responding, maybe because it was 1.30 in the morning. Then we parted ways. We took a taxi and we asked the price from JFK Airport to Ladai, New Jersey. The taxi driver took a booklet to show us the price, and he said, it's $350. I said, we cannot afford that price. And he asked me how much I can afford. I said, $150, because that's the usual price of Uber. If the Uber price. But the taxi, overpriced. Then he began to negotiate, the taxi driver. He said, $300 would be reasonable considering the toll fees and the crossing to another state. Then I asked my wife if she still had the energy to stand and wait for an Uber because it's a lot cheaper. Then she, my wife said, she's tired. And she wanted to take rest. Then I said to the taxi driver, can we pay 250? And he agreed. He dropped off his other passenger first at LaGuardia Airport before heading to here, he heading to Lodi. And that was 2 o'clock in the morning. My wife handed him the 250, but he said, we have to pay him more because of the tolls he's going to pay. You see, we agreed at 250, but all of a sudden, he was asking for more. My wife and I looked at each other in the eye and I said, just give him another 20. And he left. We tried to understand the nature of his work. We tried to understand that he could not have passenger going back to New York. We did respect our agreement, our deal. I mean, we tried to be kind, but what happened? Last night, or the other night, or the following day, we, when we got arrived, 
we went to this gas station somewhere in Lodi. The serviceman approached us and scolded me, literally scolded me, and said, why in the world you are moving your car here and there? What's your problem, you people? He told me that. I said, I'm sorry, sir. The reason why we are moving here and there is because we're still figuring out which God's gas grade to choose. But anyway, I said, I'm sorry to the guy. I said to myself, I have my wife, and we are new to the place. It's around midnight. But what can you do? So I said, I'm sorry because we just got here. I told the guy uh, that we just got here in the States from other country. But he was still angry and grumpy. I mean, the Lord has really tested my patience. I'm going to preach in the family camp. I have to behave myself. I mean, I, the, the Lord really, really tested my temperance, my tolerance. And you know what? I passed the test by God's grace. I did. No, he did. Christ did. Because that is my, the natural the naturaleza or the natural response of the human flesh is, I'll beat you before you beat me. You're taking advantage of me. That's not my nature to be kind, to be good, especially when you are being taken advantage of. That's why I told you a while ago, I cannot guarantee you that if you try to be kind to others, they will also be kind to you. That if you treat people the way you want to be treated, they also going to treat you right? I repeat, I cannot guarantee you that. But I can guarantee you, what I can guarantee you is this. When you treat people the way you want to be treated in a godly way, our Heavenly Father will going to see to it that you get treated by Him through somebody, through others, the way you want to be treated. It may not be the person that you would like to influence. Why? Because God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I mean, God never overlooks your ob obedience to Him. Yes, men fall short before God, but God will never fall short before men. When you give, He gives more because you can never outgive God. When you love Him, He loves you more because you... He, because you cannot outlove God. When you serve Him faithfully, He will serve you more. In fact, even when we believe not, He abides faithful to us. Christ is always interceding with the Heavenly Father in heaven for us. I mean, you cannot outserve God. So if you faith serve God faithfully, keep on keeping on, keep on serving God faithfully because you cannot outserve God. You treat, so treat others the way you want them to treat you. Let's make it personal now. Husbands, treat your wife the way you want her to treat you. Wife, treat your husband the way you want him to treat you. Children, treat your parents the way you want them to treat you. And parents, treat your children the way you want them to treat you. If this golden rule be the house rule, 
then it is a Christian home because a Christian home is all about godly, Christ-like relationships. Now what is life all about? It's all about godly relationships. Not just relationships, but godly, Christ-like relationships. Before I close, may I, add, may I add one more thing? For the Christian home to maintain godly relationships, there must be a family altar in the home. May I encourage you, may I encourage the parents to gather your children every after dinner. Get your Bible, read a portion of it. Try to see God in that portion of scripture, then bow your heads and ask the Lord to continue to bless you and your family and to become blessings to others as well. This, the message is clear this morning. God can bless your family by loving God most and loving each other better for the glory of God. You've been so kind. You've been attentive listening to the word of God and I thank you for doing that. If I mistreated you this, during this family camp, I ask for apology. Please forgive my misdemeanor and my, especially in, the, in basketball when I elbowed you and kicked you and hit you, please forgive me. Some say that if, you, that if you play basketball, Christianity is set aside. I don't believe that. Because whatsoever you do, whether you eat or drink or whether you play basketball, do it to the glory of God because that is the chief end of men. Lord, thank you for the message. Thank you for these dear people. Thank you for the, their politeness, their hospitality. I know you will bless them even more. Bless Pastor Sam and his family. Thank you for your lives. Their continuing in the ministry is already a blessing to me personally. Please keep them safe and sound and continue to use them mightily in this ministry. For your sake and for your glory, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless.